Hi everyone, it's Dr. Denise. This is the Embrace Your Neurostyle series and beyond, and I'm honored to have Wendy Kennedy here today. She's an intuitive empath and channel. She's used her gifts and abilities to communicate for the past 25 years with higher dimensional beings. And we're gonna go deep dive and have some fun. I'm gonna have her bio linked. Wendy, Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to be with you. Thank I'm you. Honored. Thank you. So one of the reasons I feel like I'm almost like jumping out of my seat like a little kid at kindergarten, um, <laughs> like the, I want to define the why I'm so excited. So the why I'm so excited to meet you and have this discussion is that this specific series is about perception. And I had first defined the concept, embrace your neurostyle and beyond in an evolution of bridging new ways of thinking and talking about mental health and wellness for all of us. And so it's defined as we all process and perceive information in our own unique way. And it's multidimensional and you know, there's so many dimensions we can talk about, but just to have like simplicity of bridging Western, Eastern, and what I call universal understanding, I talk about biological, psychological, social, cultural, spiritual, and sixth sense intuition in the earth realm. So the reason why I'm so excited to have you is because the and beyond and the perception and just hearing your unique journey so that, I just wanted to tell you a little bit about the series and why I felt like you were such a great match. Oh, it sounds like amazing work you're doing. Thank you. So I was wondering, Wendy, if you could tell us about your earth journey in this lifetime and your levels of awareness, ascension, and service. Just take us on your path. Oh, goodness. So, you know, growing up, I had a very normal, very healthy childhood. And when I was in my early mid twenties, I started having some visions and I didn't know what they were. I started doing some research around the building that I was living in. Cause I thought maybe somehow it was related to that. And along the way I came across channeling and I didn't really know what it was, but I knew it was something that I was supposed to be doing. And knowing what I know now and looking back, I had had experiences before that where I'd had a lot of past life recall and I had been doing a lot of work on myself. I was exposed to yoga and meditation and, and I grew up in Kansas. And, you know, when I went to school in the late 80s, early 90s, it was kind of a rare thing to be exposed to that. Today, it's very mainstream. But back then, I, I, had, I had the opportunity to kind of explore that. So I had been doing a lot on myself. So when this came up for me, I was in the space to kind of receive it. And I kind of worked with it for about a year off and on. And then one day, I started channeling myself. And it's kind of gone from there. I think it's been 28 years now. Uh, it's kind of crazy that it's been that long, but it, it really has helped me to let go of a lot of my limiting beliefs to, to help me, to give me tools to do that. Um, but you know, my guides are always there to support me and, you know, we all have our guides to do that. But it really is simply about shifting my perspective of what I think is true or the story that I'm telling myself that may not be true. And, um, you know, that's kind of been the journey that I've been on. And I've been doing this work and sharing my guide's perspective of reality for, oh, publicly in terms of like a formal business since 2004, I think. So wow. it's, it's been a long time. It's been almost 20 years. 
So for people, everyone, you know, comes to listen to the show from their own unique perspective. Can you, from a sort of academic meets spiritual meets moment of now, discuss a little bit about the levels of and beyond perception with intuition, like clear knowing, clear seeing? And because my own, and then I'll share mine, but I just would love for your academic meets spiritual meets guides perspective on that so that people really get what we're talking about. Sometimes when people hear the word medium or channel or intuition, there's like, I believe with my own kind of ascension, just a deeper dive in defining things can really help us. Well, to me, all those things kind of fall under the same umbrella. So for me, by the way, for me too. So it would be fun for us to talk about it. And then I have some other questions. So at the core of it, it's it's all about energy. You know, we we all are energetic beings. Everything vibrates and everything has a specific resonance to it. And to me, it's channeling itself is about bringing in energy or opening up to energy and then interpreting that. So it doesn't matter whether you want to channel somebody who's passed away or an angelic guide, or you want to go read the Akashic records. So the records of everything that has ever been, or if you want to tap into your intuition or your psychic abilities, it's all the same thing. It's just a matter of what station or what frequency you've tuned into. So it's, it's like being a radio in essence, you're receiving the signal and then you're interpreting it. And to me, um, you know, the, the different psychic abilities are just a different way of interpreting that energy through our physical body. So some people see, some people hear. For me, I, um, I do see some things. It's probably not my strongest ability. For me, clairsentience, I feel things in my body. That's my strongest ability. Um, but we all have access to all of these abilities. It's just a matter of kind of turning the radio dial up, you know, turning the volume up so we can hear. That's fantastic. And so from in my own awareness, um, just to give you a little bit of background, I thought it was fun when you said you're from Kansas. So I grew up in the Midwest. I grew up in Schaumburg, Illinois, and I graduated 88. So I was at that same kind of Midwest, late 80s, early 90s. So at this time, so much of like mindfulness, yoga, and everything was not on the radar. Um, my professional background, and I like to say my earth costume, just to be playful. Um, I have a, you know, I'm an adult and child uh, board certified psychiatrist, MD, but it's really interesting. You know what you just said about when you shared your experience of when you realized in your twenties, but you didn't realize you had been doing it all along. Yeah. That is something I can completely relate to. So just following that kind of inner voice, when things just drop into awareness and um, on my journey of wanting to be open-minded because people come to me for all kinds of health, mood, anxiety, depression. My own journey as an MD has been wanting to make sure that I integrate as many realms of understanding of energy frequency So we have like our human understanding of the physiology and neurotransmitters, but then our energy field and depending on what frequency we're at in the universe is also going to depend on how we interact with other beings. And so as an MD, I just wanted you to know my scientific method process and all I've done to get to this moment of now has been to be so open-minded because when people come to me with anxiety or depression at this moment in time, I'm blessed with the tools of the Western understanding, but then I like to talk about nutrition, health, perception. Are you an empath? Are you an intuitive? And I also, um, one of my office mates, my dear friend, and she is a practicing psychic medium, FBI profiler. And when she and I, I got, just so you know, Wendy, I got in 2011, it dropped into my awareness when I was holding her card. So I get clear knowing and clear feeling. I was holding her card and I got electric chills up my arm that said, you're going to work with her. And then another time I got that same, oh, you're supposed to call her to share an office. And so Jennifer Schaefer told me, well, Denise, you see endpoints. And so then I wanted to take scientific method, data, and really honor 
all the universal ways we perceive things to be open. So that's why I came up with embrace your neuro style and beyond, because even the word neuro style that vibrates, well, you know what, I'm going to shush myself. I want to just give you a chance to respond to what I said. (laughs) The power of the shush is something I talk about too. (laughs) No, I think that's amazing because it, it, it does blend the best of what we have access to, you know, what we know in terms of Western medicine and Western science, and then what we we have from our ancient texts um, and what's come through that more intuitive line, if you will. So I think that is amazing. Well, I would love to discuss, this is actually, I have to tell you, okay, everyone, I just have to let you know on my spiritual journey and doing my own Akashic record reading, I was told, and by the way, when I was told this, my entire body just went like total lightning bolt chills, that much of my DNA is Pleiadian. And it was really interesting, Wendy, because then I looked back at when I launched my brand, when I've done Ascension Media, the Dr. Denise, even logo has seven DNA strands showing how your energy influences your DNA. And then I started looking at all the different phrases I've been saying and doing. And then I found you and I was like, I need to meet that woman. So I just (laughs) wanted you to know my, my own perception and excitement of meeting you. Oh, well, you know, I'm not surprised at all that you resonate with that energy. And I think a lot of people who are teachers and communicators um, who are who are doing the kind of work that you're doing, they resonate with that archetypal energy that comes from the Pleiades. In my mind and in what my guides have taught me over the years is that, you know, we may have incarnated to many systems, but we may come in with archetypal patterns from a particular system that we want to play out, that we want to express in this lifetime. So when we first start opening up, we might think, oh, well, my gosh, I must be from the Pleiades or I must be from Sirius. And then as we grow and we develop, we might find that, oh, all of a sudden I'm drawn to Cassiopeia or uh, Arcturus. And that's because some of those patterns and some of the energies may shift as well. So uh, I can't say I'm surprised that that's an energy that you are aligned with. It makes total sense. So thank you for sharing that. Can you, from your perception as Wendy Kennedy and then your work with the guides, and I don't know the way you channel if the guides are right here with us. I believe it's all energy. I feel like you're there, I'm here, and we have like little cartoon bubbles. This is for people that are more visual. If we want to call in, like I asked my, I believe in God, Jesus, Buddha, all the ascended masters, all sentient beings, multiverse. So when I'm about to sit here with someone like yourself and kind of like have a sacred meeting, I have a process. So I'm wondering what's your process or how is it for you now when you're accessing the other energies and how you help people to realize and be open to the energies? Well, my process with something like this, it's very similar. So I make sure I ground and then I open up and I ask for assistance and ask for the information to flow through me that's important and for the highest benefit of all involved. So that I I do before an event like this, but just on a day-to-day basis, um, you know, in the mornings, I'll try to set an intention. I don't do it every morning. There's some mornings where I start thinking about all the things I have to do and I hop out of bed and, and I'm like, oh, I haven't done what you know, I haven't grounded. I haven't done that, but I will try to do that on a regular basis. But my guides are always with me. They are very respectful of my boundaries. I have never been one to have my guides be really intrusive. That really wouldn't work for me, my personality type. Um, you know, but anytime that I have a question, all I have to do is kind of take a breath and center myself and I can hear what it is that they have to say, because in order to communicate with the higher realms, it's, it's really not difficult. It's about putting yourself back in your heart center. And that's as easy as thinking of something that makes you smile. And a lot of times we think, well, I must have to meditate and ground and, uh, you know, it's going to take me an hour to get into that space, but really it's, it, can happen in a, in a matter of moments. We're moving out of that operating system of the ego mind, which is where all the programs of lack, limitation, and separation are, 
and we're moving back into the heart center, which doesn't have any of those filters. And that allows us to access multidimensional information. So all of us have this ability. It, it doesn't take a huge amount of training or anything like that. It's just about reconnecting and coming back again and again and again. So my guides are there as soon as I go into that space and, and I ask uh, for information. Is there a question you would want to ask the guides right now about perception and neurostyle in our conversation? Um, well, they're, <laughs> they're just saying perception is everything. Yes. In terms of oh, okay, I'm gonna shush. Okay, sh- I'm shushing. I'm so excited. <laughs> in terms of creating a reality, perception is absolutely everything, because your perception, meaning the thoughts, the emotions that you hold, will color what energy gets projected out, and by virtue of that, what gets reflected back in your physical reality. So, if you want to change your physical reality, you have to change your energetic state. That means moving out of those ego programs, that perception of lack, limitation, and separation, and back into that heart center where there there are no limits. So every time we keep coming back to the heart, that's when we have that clarity. All the things that we think are problems, they're not really problems. Um, They're just interesting creations. And the solutions to those challenges are in a different level of consciousness and we can access those solutions through the heart. All the problems are created up in the ego mind. They do, um, they, they want to make a distinction that we have what they call a high mind, which is more like pure logic, but that is accessed through the heart center. So it is different than the ego mind and the ego programmings. I love that. And I like to, Is there anything else you want to say before I comment? Go ahead. (laughs) Well, when you say the high mind, I like to kind of wordsmith it. You know, like when we're little kids and we're taught stop, drop, and roll if you catch on fire. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I feel like just letting everyone know that their words, thoughts, and actions all the time carry a vibrational frequency. I'm going to say that again. Our words, thoughts, and actions carry a vibrational frequency because a lot of times people are like, well, how do I get to my higher mind? And I feel like it's like this infinity loop back to moments of now, moments of love. And in 2015, prior to launching my brand, like separate from my psychiatry practice and deciding to do a podcast and meet amazing souls like yourself, I had written a spiritual mission statement. I had written about loving all kind. And I wrote all kind in capitals. And it was right at the time when I was training in remote viewing. I was reading about other beings and I was in a, my own, you know, continued level of like ascension and deeper awareness. And so love all kind for me is all sentient beings beyond what the human mind can even ever fathom. And I, I wasn't as aware, like I'm even, it's almost like humbling. I don't know if this is how it feels for you, Wendy, that almost every day on earth, I feel like it's another chance to go deeper. And by the way, I love in your book, The Great Human Potential, Walking in One's Own Light. Um, I love the, this is the concept of integration of all the different parts of your dimensions and perception. So I'd love for you to comment on that. Their idea of integration is really about releasing judgment. We're living in a dualistic universe, so everything has its polar opposite, light, dark. And that is part of the illusion. And this was a game of dissension and reascension. So we are we already are an aspect of source. We we don't have to become anything. We already are that. And then we have fractured ourselves so that we could play in this game or this illusion of separation. And it's like we have access to everything and then we set up partitions like a computer. Think about a computer where you kind of wall off certain information. It's there, but you don't access it on a, on a daily basis. And that's what we've set up for ourselves. So the idea, according to the guides, and I should probably talk about the guides in just a moment. I would love to. <laughs> Yay, guides. I, I, by the way, I wrote 
Um, just so you know, I use my social media as like forms of prayers because I look at everything like that. And so I was already thanking you for coming to the show, putting the bio and thanking the guides. So I just want you to know that. <laughs> well, I know they're very happy to be here as well. So, and to, and to share their perspective. So, um, so in this game of dissension, it was how far can we enter into de- density, remember who and what we truly are, and then come out of it. You know, we go through this process of integration. And so that's the level that we're playing at right now. And earth is kind of a very special place because we have a lot of emotion. We have genetic material from thousands of worlds that have seeded this planet. And along with that genetic material comes all of the information um, of those species, their emotional experiences, their mental experiences. It's all encoded in there. And that makes for a wide range of experiences here. So you can think about it like um, having 10 Legos to build something with or having 10,000. It's a lot more interesting to have 10,000 pieces to work with. And that's kind of what it's like here in terms of our emotions. We can create so many different subtle nuances of experience. And as we're going through life, it's remembering to let go of that judgment because the thing that we judge is actually part of source energy. And the moment that we judge something, we cut off half of the flow of source energy because we say, oh, that thing over there, I don't like it. I want to be separate from that. And that's an illusion. We can't really be separate from us, or can't be separate from it. It is a part of us as we are a part of all things. So their big teaching is, is really about seeing that that judgment is something that we're carrying. It's our perception. It doesn't mean that that thing is something that we want to lend our energy to. Maybe it's something that's not particularly healthy, but we accept it as having a valid existence. And when we do that, when we accept it for what it is as an expression of source energy, then we can allow source energy to flow through us. And, um, you know, this is something that we are all working on right now. It's up for everybody, but you know, every moment shows us how we are expressing or suppressing that divine light where we are in judgment or we're allowing source light to flow and we have a choice. Okay. So smiling still very excited. I listened carefully. And so I love when you were talking about that, I think it's neat when people like, you know, we're living on, you know, we're in 2023 in the earth time and there is no time. It's just, we'll talk about that in a minute too. And the guides, but I think of terms like in sync, out of sync with judgment, without judgment, crisis, stabilization, thrive. And the only way we can learn how to live more in a place of neutrality and no judgment is to figure out how with our own unique neuro style to be in this moment of now of inner peace. Cause I think when we come from a place of gratitude and inner peace, we're more able to come at a place of remembering who we are remembering and, or connecting with our higher mind and higher self. And I think a lot of times what you just said about earth being so dense, you know, people, we have to have like linear coping strategies, right? Like who's in my inner circle? How much sun do I get? What kind of nutrition feeds my soul? And I love, I love, I love your book, The Great Human Potential. Was that that was um, released in 2012? Correct. Oh my gosh, um, I think so. Somewhere oh. around there, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, what I love about this, everyone, and and then I'm gonna, is that so many of these concepts of integration, taking a deep breath. I'm gonna let you talk about the guides, but I even prior to getting ready to talk with you. I asked my guides or my understanding of the universe when I was outside, what do you want me to make sure that I include in your book? (laughs) Mm -hmm. So then I turned to two pages and then they're like, okay, enough, Denise, you only have like 45 minutes with this amazing soul. You can't like, just let her talk to. So I just wanted to say that your book, the great human potential walking in one's own light does honor this, everything you've just said, and then some, and it puts it in such a nice way for people to kind of really access their own light and their own higher mind. Yeah. That's the one thing I I love about my guides. Um, So why don't I take a second to talk about them, but you know, they're 
information in their guidance is exceptionally practical. Yes. It's very, very grounded. It's very simple. It's very straightforward. And their message really has not wavered in Ever. the 28 years that I've been working with them. Um, their focus may have shifted ever so slightly because in the beginning they needed to help us to see the bigger picture, to see that we were more than just this small self. And then once we kind of got that energetically, they had to bring it back to, okay, now we have to deal with our stuff. So I would say the better part of the last 10 years has been really focused on belief systems and the process of integration. So the guides Um, I actually work with a lot of different beings from different star systems, but when I work with the public, the ninth dimensional Pleiadian collective comes through first and foremost. So they are a group of about 2,500 beings of light. They don't have physical form. They actually align with a stellar body instead of a planet. So the star has its own mission, if you will, or, or life purpose. And so they align with that. And in in their case, it's about record keeping and helping us to um, become stewards for this planet. And eventually, as we develop over time, we will become stewards for our galaxy. So they're here to help us to go through this developmental process. But I also work with beings from different star systems Um, There are seven major star systems with which Earth most closely aligns in terms of archetypal patterns. And those seven systems, um, let's see, we've got the Pleiades, Arcturus, Lyra, uh, Cassiopeia, Andromeda, Sirius, Orion. I think that's all seven. So, um, and I have beings who will show up from all of those systems. And they will lend their energy because when they show up, they're sharing their wisdom, their knowledge of oftentimes the issues that we're struggling with, their civilizations have already gone through that. And it's like they will share their how-to with us. If you want to bake a cake and you don't have a recipe, it's very difficult the first time you try. But if you've got a recipe, you've got something to follow and it makes it much easier. And that's really what happens as we're working with these guides. They are lending us their knowledge, their wisdom, their how-to, so it makes it easier for us as we go forward. How did you in your process, and this is probably its own master class, it's like five shows, so excuse me for asking such a, how in your own ascension process did you come to delineate the different guides? Like who were your teachers? Who was your wisdom? Does it show up with a name or like a, a, like when, like um, when the different guides from the different systems, do they, how do they show up for you? Like I've trained in remote viewing and uh, you know, I'm in this world, but I'm in it in a interesting way, like scientific method. So, okay, I'm going to shush. I just asked the question, how do, how did you know which guides come from where and how? Well, their energy definitely feels different. Um, When I first started channeling, one of my own, what I would term angelic guides came through. And I think for most people, as they start to channel, that's true. The guide that you first encounter when you channel will probably not be the guide that you work with moving forward. They're the one that you are comfortable with in terms of energy, and they'll make an introduction to other people who are going to help you to learn and grow. So um, the Pleiadians didn't come in until I started channeling verbally. When I first started, I was doing automatic writing, and the angelic guides came in. I had a group from Arcturus who came in, and different beings. Some of them had more of an individuated consciousness. Even though they were part of a larger collective, I have a, a group of 12th dimensional beings who will show up and they they present more as individuals. And some of these individuals are part of the group, but they each one have kind of a different area of focus. So I have my own guides for that. I have one that will show up for health questions, health-related questions. And for me, even to this day, when I channel for myself, I tend to do automatic writing because it's a bit like a lucid dream for me. I will remember, but it will fade pretty quickly. And if it's written down, I have something to go back to. And it's it's just easier for me. And when I start writing, um, 
It's kind of like if you ever played with a Ouija board when you were little, it's kind of like that, except for it's you in a pen and you're not moving it. So uh, it feels different. The script looks different the way that it's it's written and just their energy. Um, one guy, when she shows up, she makes you want to laugh. The energy is so light and so heart-centered. So, you know, in terms of who exactly they are, you know, they tell me who they are, but do I really know that? Do any of us really know who anyone else is? Um, I can meet you on the street. I can have a conversation with you, but I don't know your whole life story. I don't, I only know what you're showing up and expressing to me in this moment. And it's the same thing with my guides. So I have to use my own discernment. And that is something that they taught me very early on. If something doesn't resonate with you, let it go. Just because a being is in a higher dimension doesn't mean that they necessarily have information that is better than the information that you can access within yourself. It's just another perspective. So in terms of who they are, I can only take it at face value. And and do I want to take action? Do I want to align with the information that they're sharing? So can you talk about the different dimensions? You've talked about the ninth dimension, the 12th dimension for everyone listening at this moment. How would you describe that for someone? You know, everyone's at their own level of awareness listening to this show. And I think it's neat when you get to hear some descriptions about the dimensions. Well, the Pleiadians describe it, their way of perceiving it is with 12 dimensions. Now you'll hear people who will talk more about 144 or they'll use different numbers and the guides say they're just lumping the frequency ranges together in a different way. And every dimension has its own set of rules. They describe it like playing different games. So basketball has its rules, baseball, soccer. They're all games, but they're slightly different. And here where we are, we're actually in the fourth dimensional range. So there's a range of frequency, which allows us a certain level of perception. In 3D reality, there are very fixed rules to the game. And it's very, very dense. In 4D, it's very malleable. In 5D, which which is where we're headed, it has very fixed rules to the game. It's, it's lighter, but we have the ability to see ourselves as being one with all that is, or we can shift our perspective to more of an individuated consciousness. 3D reality is a bit um, more fixed. We perceive ourselves as being separate from source energy, separate from other people, separate from nature. There is some sort of boundary or, or level there that keeps us separate. Because 3D and 5D are so different, we needed an entire dimensional range to move through in order to to shift in from 3 to 5. So the fourth dimension is a very malleable one where you can project 3D rules of the game onto a 4D matrix or 5D rules onto that 4D matrix. So right now and this is the experience that many of us have, we will have those moments where we feel incredibly expanded, where we feel that we're able to access that higher wisdom or inflow, and then all of a sudden we've dropped back out. Or we might have those moments where we feel completely blissed out and one with all that is, and then we go back to that sense of being an individual. And this is, this is part of the malleable part of the, the fourth dimension. But for most of us, we're still projecting those 3D rules of the game onto the matrix. So we think we are still in 3D, but the guides say, no, we're actually in 4D right now. So as we start to let go of those limiting beliefs, it increases our resonance, it increases our frequency, and we'll get to a point where we actually cross the dimensional barrier, where we no longer hold on to those limiting beliefs and we'll shift into a, a new game, if you will. And in oh, a nutshell, that's the process of ascension. That's fantastic. Can you just repeat the one line about the 3D re- reflecting off the 4D versus the 5D? So on the in the fourth dimension, you can project either 3D rules of the game onto the matrix, the structure of the dimension, or you can project 
5D rules. Perfect. Okay. So you have a choice and it's whether you're, you're operating from the ego mind or whether you're operating from the heart. Okay. You know what I love about this? I always say it's the earth game. Yes. And then I say to people, I'm playing the universe game. So, but, but that just, it's not me. I don't even like the word me. I am working with, with a musician and an author and poet on the I am awarenesses. So let's talk about the way to stay for each, each one's going to have their, each soul's going to have their own perception on how they're playing their earth game, their earth ride, their ability to be in the moment of now. Can we talk about, so what I spend a lot of my day doing with my MD hat on is I have to like know my audience of who's coming to see me and what they're, they might present with a feeling statement. You just mentioned how earth is like this amazing place in the solar system where we have all these feelings and we have a mix of genetic DNA from the material linear and then also from the and beyond beings. Right. And so energetically, I feel like as souls, on having an earth experience, we go through moments of crisis, stabilization, and thrive, feeling states, different feeling states, and then getting ourselves back to more of the moment of non-judgment I'm hearing. And heart energy is the game to getting to your own unique thrive in this moment of now. Okay, now I'm going to let you comment. So yes. (laughs) So if you're present in the moment, you're heart-centered. If you're heart-centered, you're present. And all of us, as we go through our day, we'll have those moments where we're heart centered and then we'll drop out and then we'll go back and then we'll drop out again. So it's a process. And this is why the guides always recommend that you have some sort of practice for yourself where you take time throughout the day to check in. Where am I vibrating? What's happening? Where's my mindset? What, what thoughts am I having? What emotions are running? And if you've got the time and space you can dive into that a bit, or, you know, if you're at work and you can't really do that, all you can do is come back to your center point. All right. So I'm, I'm so annoyed with my boss and my coworkers right now. I can't stand it. And you know, that's the energy you're in. Then take a breath and then think about how you'd like to feel instead. What thoughts do you want to hold instead? And just imagine it. So maybe you want peace. If you say, I am peaceful, You can express that. And for some people that will work, but for other people, the ego gets triggered and that'll work for about 10 seconds. And then the ego says, yeah, that's great, but I am not peaceful. These people behind me are driving me crazy. And you can say instead, I wonder what it would feel like to be peaceful because that doesn't trigger the ego and it puts you in resonance with the frequency. So either statement will allow you to access the energy and to begin to flow that energy instead. And you can do this throughout your day. You can reset yourself in a matter of moments. The problem is most of us don't take time to check in and see where we're vibrating. So if you can set an alarm, that's a great way to check in maybe once an hour to see if you need to make a course correction in in where your energy is flowing. The other thing that the guides really recommend is that you give yourself permission at the end of the day to really take stock of how you're feeling and give yourself permission to feel whatever it is. Because when we keep stuffing stuff down, you know, that's when we're creating, as you well know, uh, the disease in our body and um, those repeated programs where we just keep creating the same thing over and over and over again until we create some high drama to get our attention. So they recommend just observing it from a very neutral standpoint. All right. So I'm angry. Where is that sitting in my body? You know, how is my energetic field? Is it hot? Is it cold? Um, is my body numb? Is it tingling? What emotion is it? Is it anger? Is it frustration? Is it annoyance? All those things feel different. And then, um, they suggest that you notice the quality of your thought when you're checking in a lot of times the thought will quiet, but you might notice that there's a repeating thought. Um, maybe it's, I, people are so annoying. People suck me dry. You know, who knows what thought you might have, but just acknowledge it. Don't get lost in the story of it. Just give yourself permission to acknowledge it from an objective place. And they say when you do this, the longest most of us can hold on to that, unless it is a very deep-seated pattern, 
is about 45 seconds. If it's going longer than that, we're probably lost in the story of it or we're projecting into the future. We're trying to figure out how we can control or manipulate an energy so that we feel safe and secure as we move forward. Um, so that's one of the things that they recommend that you do so that you don't keep carrying this energy forward with you. You're actually creating a gateway for that particular resonance to flow through your body. Because when we, um, get upset, when we have some sort of fear program that gets activated, we stop the flow of energy because remember, um, as I was saying before, when we judge, we stop half of the flow of source energy. So it gets locked in our energetic field. When we give ourselves permission to feel it, we're allowing that energy to flow. So if it is, say, the frequency of anger, any other time that you have stuffed anger down and not, and not allowed that energy to flow, you've opened the doorway for that to come up with that particular instance that you may have created today that you're reviewing. So all that energy can come up and out. Um, and you can transmute a lot of it instead of having to relive all of it. When you're in that objective state, you aren't attached. It's the attachment to it that creates all the pain and the suffering. As we are in that heart-centered space, that energy just simply flows through us and we observe it and then it's transmuted. So that's something they recommend that we do on a daily. So I want to, do you want to do a, you shared some of your quantum hacks now that you just mentioned that, can I just do some linear, like kind of piggyback off of that? Sure. So the things that I, so as a doctor, as a mother, as a creator, I have now realized the power of the shush, which is the equivalent of your take a breath. And I, I love the way the guides take a breath and how do we reset? So for instance, I knew that for me talking with you today is so sacred and I made sure now this, everyone, when you're listening, depending on what age you are, where you work, what your family dynamics like, I think you can, the night before, you know, we can only, we have no idea all the different changes in our schedule, but if we look at our schedule, we can make room to relax, room to take a breath. And I find that I get so much more done in the earth realm when I am, the more I do my sacred swims. And Wendy, I've talked about this on many of my shows. People know that I swim and I'm out in nature and I, it's a ritual and it's where I send love to the world. I send healing. And I'm like you, you know, you said some days you have, you set an intention. Some days I devote my swim to something. Some days I might devote a lap to someone. Sometime I might be doing a walking meditation in the pool. So I have created this sacred sanctuary for the last five years and I call it laps of love. So for everyone listening, that could be running, that could be listening to music. I went out in my back garden today um, with gratitude that I was about to meet you and I wrote it in a journal. And so the automatic writing, I talk about gratitude as my secret sauce and throughout the day, like let's say you're having an overwhelming day and then you can hit a reset. So sometimes if you feel like you're in a rush, I tell people like the only moment we have is now. And I have some other really fun, edgy ones with profanity that I'm not going to share on this show, but it's not to be low vibration. It's just to be edgy. So we are, we can, we're our own best healers and whether it's a swim, automatic writing, a practice of gratitude, I think I wanted to just do some myth busting because a lot of times people would think way back when, because now humanity is evolving, you had to be in a white outfit and just go to a deserted island and just say, oh, but we can, we can have moments of now lack of judgment, self-love just built into our life. And to me, that's when we're able to access our higher self. Definitely. And I, you know, I, I think a lot of people think, well, I don't have time to do this stuff. I've got too much going on. But the crazy thing is, is that when you actually put yourself back into your heart center, you have some sort of practice for yourself, whether that's five minutes of breathing or whether that's taking a walk out in nature or a swim or whatever that is, that's going to put you back in flow so that if there are things you need to do, they will align up. You'll get that hit, that intuitive hit of, you know, I needed to call so-and-so today, but I feel like I need to do that right now because if you waited until when your mind said it was time to do it, that person may not be there. 
if you're in flow, you get the intuitive hit to make the call. Um, otherwise, yes. you might have to leave a message and then they call you back and you're not there and you can go back and forth. So you actually create more time and space for yourself when you take these moments to put yourself back in your heart center. I love that. That's the absolute truth. And I love the words recreation, recreate. So I find people like, how do you get so much done? I'm like, well, I'm devoted to my swims. And then you are flowing through life with more grace and ease. So that is such a great explanation that you just gave. Now, I know I asked you about the dimensions and you talked about the ninth dimension and the 12th dimension. And when we spoke, you talked about third, fourth, and fifth, because it's more of the access of awareness of most human beings. Do we have time? I know I, don't, I want to be respectful of your day. Do you have time to go a little bit more through those dimensions? And of course, I'd, I'd love to have you back on the show. I feel like we have so much to talk about. Um, well, when you get up, they, they kind of group them together. When you look at nine through 12, those are more simply energetic beings, beings that don't have physical form. In five through eight, those are physical beings, but they're playing a completely different game. Some of them will um, work on supporting stellar bodies. They'll work on more bigger galactic issues, things like that. Um, the When you get up to like the 12th dimensional range, a lot of these beings are holding resonance for the creation of new systems, new planetary systems, seeding different planetary bodies. Um, so they don't really go into too much detail in terms of the the differences between six and seven and eight. They tend to lump it all together just simply because where we're standing, our perception it is too hard to really um, understand it. You know, it would be like trying to explain a very complex system to a kindergartner. That's so wonderful. And that's why that's the embrace your neurostyle and beyond. And like the discussions beyond what the human mind has awareness to. And if you're listening and you're just at the beginning of your own, like awarenesses of all this, I like to take scientific method. I don't know if that's something that you love to do too. Like I went and trained in remote mewing. I, you know, read Dolores Cannon's book. And then I just, because, because what was happening for me, Wendy, is I would just like, I get things in threes. Let me give you an example. I got one of my patients' names in threes and I always pay attention to that. I'm like, I have to call them. And this was in the heart of the summer of 2020. And I called them and it was right at the time where they were at a, um, a kind of, should I stay or should I go moment on planet earth? And my car was only six blocks away from where they live. This was the time when no one wanted to go into a hospital because everyone was so fearful of that. And so I think that everyone has their own unique perception of inner knowings, being in flow. And that was right at a time when I was giving myself a break to go ride along the ocean is when it dropped into my awareness, which then ended up helping someone. So I feel like these practical things, I mean, I feel like your book is so practical and loving and all the stuff we spoke about today. Is there anything else you want to comment on that or anything for this wonderful time together that you'd like to say? I, I, you know, you're, you're making me think about, um, the intuitive hits that we have, we all have them. And when we start to follow them, we, we can begin to notice the subtle energy is different and it makes it easier the next time we have that experience to go, okay, the last time I did this, I followed that. It, it was easy. Things were easy. So all of us have access to that. We, we get these intuitive hits all the time. And when we start to take stock of it, we start to notice it. It makes it much easier so that we can start to live in the space. We recognize it and we can repeat it. Um, so everybody has access to that. I think that's important. It's not just a special few people who can access this yes. energy. And it's, it's crazy to me because I think back when I started so long ago, the energy on the planet was much, much different. The level of consciousness was much different. Yes. And yes. it was, it was harder because I had to hold a resonance that was very different from the collective energy. And at this point, 
it is so much easier for people to access the higher realms because there are more people in collective consciousness who are accessing it. So it makes it easier. It's like somebody um, playing a note on the piano so you can sing a note. Most of us don't have perfect pitch. And if somebody's playing the note, we go, okay, I can sing that note and we can reproduce it. But if you don't have a reference point, it can be really, really difficult. And when you look out at reality right now, Yes, there's very definite heavy things going on, but remember we're living in a dualistic universe. So the higher we go, we also go lower. That extreme is also there because it's got to be in balance. But, um, you know, the challenge that we're all facing is that the story that most of us are being fed over and over and over. And, and it doesn't matter whether you're talking about mainstream news or alternative news or, or just how we interact with most with how we interact with each other. We're focused on the negative. We've been socially conditioned to focus on the negative. And the guides always say, you know, if we were fed a steady diet of all the positive things happening in the world, we'd, we would have a different world. So just know that even as you are looking out into the world and it seems very heavy, know that there is a lot of light that is also present in order for that heaviness to exist. And you are here and you know, you're, you're hearing this podcast for a reason. You are here to be the calm in the midst of chaos. You are here to be a light in the midst of the darkness and the guides just want me to remind you that it doesn't really matter what is happening outside of you. You can hold a resonance that is different and you can be, you know, that reference point for others to remind them of the frequency that they can access. So you can experience peace and joy and happiness and connection and love regardless of what is going on outside of you. It is first and foremost an inside job. It's a resonance that you hold within yourself. What happens outside of you doesn't determine how you feel inside. It's kind of a backwards way that we think about the process of manifestation, but it is first and foremost the energy that we emanate that gets reflected back to us and reinforces the energy that we were already emanating outward. Yay. <laughs> I, I'm, your words are so eloquent and I have, okay. I, my intuition says this is a good time to stop, but I wanted to let you know as I, there are no coincidences that as you were speaking that, do I have permission to read page 40 of your book? Sure. Okay. So as Wendy was speaking, I think one of the things that I love about Wendy and her guides and also this wonderful book is that giving tools, like how do I get there? So my process was I was outside in the garden. And I've done this, by the way, Wendy. Um, the way I understand the universe is I ask whether it's I, whether I'm going to an event with Yogananda or when I was in India. I asked like Darwin, what should I include in this presentation? And I had his two volumes, and I shut my eyes and I opened up to cooperation and altruism. When I was doing something with Yogananda, I asked the the guides and I had the book and I had a candle. I got myself in the right space and I opened up to chapter 33 that was so blending of love all kind. So in honor of you and the guides today, I did the same in my back garden. The first page I went to was page 40. I've read the book, but this is just when you follow your intuition. Play with it, everyone. You've got it. It's your own way, your own perception. Okay. Which this this is out of Wendy's book that she co-authored with Tom Kenyon, and it's called "The Great Human Potential: Walking in One's Own Light," teaching from the Pleiades and the Hathors. Page forty, retrieving information for those of you seeking to retrieve more information on any topic. Let us suggest a short meditation. Start by taking a deep breath. See yourself completely rooted in your body. Now envision your heart center, a beautiful orb of golden light. As this orb pulses, it grows brighter and stronger, strengthening its brilliance with rays of beautiful golden light extended outward. In this time and in this space, you are now able to reconnect with your stellar wisdom to access the records of all time, of all dimensions. 
you're able to seek wisdom from other aspects of yourself that are partic participating in the completion of this galactic game. From Alcyon, the central sun, information is pulsing towards you. It contains your stellar history, informing on the star systems you have been to, the lessons that you've learned, important memories, why you came to Earth, why you wanted to integrate, and how best to be of service to the galactic consciousness. You now seeing this light pulsing across the galaxy. It passes through your sun, Helios, collecting records and information. It passes by the inner planets, enters through Earth's atmosphere, down through your crown chakra and enters into the golden orb of light that you hold in your heart center. This is the stellar light of wisdom that is now contained within you. You have access to it at will at any time. This information is revealed to you in the most appropriate way and is in alignment with your highest good and highest intentions for the benefit of yourself and all others. You are able to receive clearly and effortlessly this information as you request it. And so it is. Take a nice deep breath. Thank you. Wendy? Oh, yes. <laughs> Yay, I'm glad you're still here. <laughs> By the way, I love your laughter, the way that came through. <laughs> and why? Because one of the things I talked about for like kind of people, just simple fun phrases like stop, drop, and roll. One of them was, you know, self-care is the new cool, you know, and I kept that, you know, throughout this year. And then also deep play, divine, exquisite, ethereal, peaceful play. So I feel like sharing your work or the pleads work. I and mean, then this time is actually absolutely fun. I think that's one of the other things. Would you say that the guides also want us to have a lot of fun while we're here? Absolutely. That is, that's a big one because it is, you know, this is about playing. We are playing and, and we get too serious about it. We get weighed down by our expectations and our attachments. And this really should be fun. It's creative play at, at the divine level, this life is creative play. So I also love that we're recording this right after the eclipse, right? <laughs> Cause I like to look. So that's one of the things I like to do. My neuro style is I pay attention to when people come into my life in the earth time frame. So I just want to like, almost like, I feel like this is like a holiday today getting to interview you. So I just want to say thank you so much. Oh, it's such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. So can everyone, there's so much more that we didn't cover today. So I, one, I'd love to have you back on in a, a couple months if that works for your schedule. And two, can you let everyone know about your events, your books, how they can find you and work with you and work with the guides? Sure. So you've mentioned the book, um, but uh, you can find more information over on our website at higherfrequencies.net. and. We have a couple of things that, that happen every month. We do have a monthly membership, which is our Galactic Light Code Monthly, where depending on the energy of the group, um, the guides will pick a topic or an energy that the group needs support with, and they will do a language of light activation and the physical representation of that, which is a written code, which we call the Galactic Light Codes. And they'll talk about the energy a bit and so um, we have that monthly group going on. And then once a month, we have a group session where the guides will go for two hours and they'll just take people's questions. They'll, they'll talk about the current energies and then they open the floor to whatever uh, anybody wants to talk about. And um, I'm not exactly sure when uh, the podcast will drop, but we have one coming up on April 25th. And all these events are recorded, so you can always watch the replays. But um, we do have that going on once a month, and it's usually the third Saturday of the month. And all that information is over on the website. Thank you. And um, I'm, the, the show is going to drop tomorrow on April 21st. And can people work with you individually, or is it more the membership in the group at this point? At this point, I'm no longer doing private sessions. I'm only doing the group work just because um, 
you know, I got the, the guidance that it's important to work with as many people as possible right now. So, um, it is just the group sessions and, um, the monthly membership. Well, and I actually want to say that, um, with humility and gratitude, I want to thank you for that because the, the energy it takes for me to work with individuals one by one is a lot of energy and I enjoy, and the podcast is reaching quite a few people. So, I, t- I, I have the inspiration to do more group events like yourself. So I want to say thank you for the work you're doing, the guides, and also the inspiration because everything's energy and our human body can only handle so much when we're getting so much. Would you agree with that, that you've got to really pace yourself in the Definitely. earth realm? <laughs> Definitely. But I know, uh, you know that's a big issue for healers of, you know, any kind. It doesn't matter if you're doing a traditional um, healing job, whether you're a nurse or a doctor or whether you are working with energy. And I think healers, it takes a very special kind of person to do that work. And you really have to take care of yourself in the process. I think today it is much more difficult to do that kind of job than it was, say, even 10 years ago, five years ago, really. Um, So you really uh, have to honor yourself and your needs and make sure you are doing things to replenish yourself. And so I honor you for doing that work. Thank you. And um, uh, thank you. And everyone, please go check out the, it's higherfrequencies.net, correct? Correct. Okay. Thank you so much. And thank you to the guides today. Thank you so much for having us. It's been a pleasure. Okay. Thank you. Here we go. 